It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me, or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. And so the challenge is now that we're moving from denial to actually just trying to to disengage the public from understanding the values of solar energy, the values of wind energy, the benefits of clean energy. We have to get tighter. We have to get better at communicating. And frankly, the tech companies have to stop allowing specific individuals over and over again to spread disinformation. That's what the fossil fuel companies pay for. That's what folks who make money out of fossil fuels and don't make money in and, and don't care about saving consumers' costs. That's what they do. We have to be smarter than that, and we need the tech companies to really jump in. Yeah, so we need these tech companies to jump in and shut up people like, well, Sandy Rios. They probably would choose to, uh, if they if I came on their radar, shut me up because I'm talking about gasoline prices going up. Because if I didn't talk to you about the rise in gas prices and the fact that Joe Biden had shut down all of our production of oil and gas and is now going to the Saudis, uh, who used to have us by the neck on oil prices. Uh, and that's why President Trump worked so hard to make us energy dependent, which he succeeded in doing. Uh, you know, what we, but if I didn't tell you that, you would not notice that the gas prices are going up at the pump, right? And you would believe Gina McCarthy, who is uh, on President Trump's uh, cabinet, and she's telling us how how wonderful these new sources of of energy are going to be. Just think, when you're paying that five dollars plus a gallon gas, just think how wonderful wind power and solar and and electric cars just just don't. And so we need to shut down all those people that you know would doubt us. So you know, President Biden weighed in on this in May. We've played this before, but. Just, just listen again, because he's, you know, cheering you on about gas prices. Clip two. And when it comes to the gas prices, uh, we're going through an incredible transition that is taking place that, God willing, when it's over, we'll be stronger and the world will be stronger and less reliant on fossil fuels when this is over. Yes, it's this incredible transition, this, you know, high prices and the high prices on your food and your inability to get it because, uh, of course, Fossil fuels are directly connected to the price of goods because fossil fuels fuel the cars, the trains, the trucks that deliver those goods to you. Uh, but it's, you know, it's a transition, and we're going to be so much better when we finish this transition, so says the Biden administration. And meanwhile, the Biden administration, uh, like I said, oh, Andy Biggs tweeted this. It's pretty good. Congressman Andy Biggs with the Freedom Caucus. Why is Biden traveling 6,500-plus miles to discuss increasing oil production with the Saudis. He should be meeting with American producers in Texas, Oklahoma, and more states 
at home. We have the energy here. And he is absolutely right. We could be energy independent. You could be paying, you know, under a dollar a gallon at the pump. It could happen, but not with this administration. And if they stay there much longer, it will be too late. I think that's true. Uh, By the way, what else is the administration doing? Well, you'd be happy to know with, you know, all of the influx of uh, the current flood of illegal immigrants coming across the border unfettered because our uh, our police down there just can't keep up. The Department of Homeland Security is preparing to discipline those multiple horseback border patrol agents who were accused of whipping Haitian immigrants migrants in Del Rio last summer. Do you remember? That was completely proven to be false. They were not whipping uh, these Haitian men in the water. They were whipping their horses. To tr- the horses were walking through the water. The Haitian men were, you know, wading through the water. And yes, they were trying to contain them from crossing the river, but they were not whipping them. But they're going to be, listen, this is important. We have to punish them. We can't arrest, you know, illegal immigrants coming across the border, but we do have to go across the agents trying to stop them. And then, of course, uh, this is a big story that you may or may not have heard. I don't even know if it's on Fox this morning because I this is in from my own inbox, that the Roe decision, we think, is coming down today. And everyone in D.C., according to this report, is on high alert. This is a D.C. rumor about an insider. Okay, so I, I can't say this for sure, but we think that it's going to come down today. That's what the insiders are saying. So fasten your seatbelts and pray uh, because this is what the radical, rabid, Factions in the in the streets are are um, they're just waiting for an excuse to destroy. I think, and so this is they're going to love it. They're going to say they don't like it, but I think they're going to love it. Have you been watching any of those gay pride parades? Uh, I lump all these people together because they are all of a mindset that life is just um, it's just chaos in terms of their understanding of who they are, who they understand people are. I watched one. Uh, you cannot watch the gay pride parades and even describe what's in them, but let me just say, it reminds me, it reminds me of why God has to bring judgment. Sodom and Gomorrah could not have been worse than what we're seeing on our streets uh, and what's happening behind closed doors and the decadence with which we are just watching. Decadence almost seems too kind. Depravity, maybe that's a better word. But, um, all right, so that's so today. We think that decision is going to come down. Now, let's talk about the elections because uh, the Tuesday primaries happened yesterday in Maine, Nevada, and South Carolina. Let me tell you about a few of the results as best I can. Five-term Congressman Tom Rice in South Carolina, who voted to impeach President Trump, uh, has lost his primary, and he, he lost it handily to Congressman Russell Fry, who had the support of conservatives, not just President Trump, uh, at this, look, this is not the final count, but at the time when it was called, Fry was 25 points ahead of Tom Rice. So that's pretty amazing, and that happened in South Carolina. Meanwhile, um, Nancy Mace, it looks as though she has defeated uh, Katie Arrington. Nancy is the one uh, that I kept telling you was uh, a newly found best friend to Kevin McCarthy. Uh, so that's very concerning. She has moved to the left, but evidently people in South Carolina haven't gotten the memo yet. So Katie Arrington, it looks, I don't, the, the when they called the race, the numbers were 53 to 45%. Okay, so uh, we'll see what happens with that. And we'll just see what Nancy Mace does if she wins the election in November, if she continues her leftward trajectory and becomes more of a buddy to Kevin McCarthy. I sort of think that's exactly 
what's going to happen. But in Nevada, Attorney General Adam Laxalt has defeated war veteran Sam Brown in the Nevada Republican Senate primary. This is a little bit tough because my understanding is Sam Brown was a really good candidate. He's a war, um, served in uh, Afghanistan. He's injured. A lot of cons- grassroots conservatives loved uh, Sam Brown, but Laxalt is also good. He led the uh, the um, election integrity effort in Nevada, and he had the endorsement of all the conservative groups and also the the, uh, the Mitch McConnell's bunch. So, you know, they all, they all wanted Adam Laxalt to win, and they think he can win the general election. So we'll see what happens with him. And then in um, in Texas, a big win for Mayor, Mayra Flores. She's the first Mexican-American to win a congressional—well, she's not there yet— <laughs> Well, no, actually, she will go to Congress because this is a special election that happened yesterday uh, to fin- uh, finish the re- the remainder of Representative Philemon Vila's house. Uh, he vacated that seat in March, and so she's going to—and then, of course, she'll run in the general as well. But she will be there. Uh, she's uh, supposed to be an absolute star. According to people that I know, She they, they say that she's absolutely wonderful. She said, first and foremost, I thank God for the blessing of the opportunity to serve the people of the Texas— of Texas 24th Congressional District. I'm grateful to my family for their unwavering love and support throughout this campaign and to the voters of South Texas for entrusting me to represent them in Washington. This is a flip of a seat in the House from red to blue. And so that's one of the reasons, besides the fact that she's the first Mexican-born a woman to be elected in Congress, that's why it's significant. There's a new Hispanic pack, by the way, called Bienvenuto, Bienvenuto in Action. And they helped... Uh, they helped Mayra win, and so they're very happy. And I want you to know that there's a pack. It's called, again, Bienvenuto in Action. If any of you are Hispanic uh, and have you know are interested in getting involved with them, that's what it is, Bienvenuto Action. Okay, so um, now, oh, by the way, Elon Musk even voted for Mayra Flores in Texas. He announced publicly. It's the first time he's voted for a Republican ever. And he said within this Twitter back and forth that he would actually support Ron DeSantis for president, but honestly, don't get too excited because Elon Musk last time supported Andrew Yang. So if don't, I, I really, I love Elon Musk and I love the things he says, but do not be confused to think that he's suddenly, uh, you know, a stalwart conservative and it's going to be uh, someone that you're going to be pleased with on every issue that he takes a stand and every fight that he fights. But he's done a lot of great things and that's just a real interesting turn of events. So uh, let's see. Here's, there's an interesting article in Time Magazine. It's a long article. This is what it's called, How the MAGA Squad is Building Power to Control the Next Congress. And it talks about Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates. <laughs> I'd like to see that happen. I'd like to see that happen, but uh, probably much ado about nothing. And that reminds me of another article. This is in the Washington Post yesterday. It's uh, breaking news. More than 100 GOP primary winners back Trump's false election fraud claims, post-analysis finds. Uh, A Washington Post analysis of results in federal and state elections shows that an embrace of former President Donald Trump's baseless theories about the 2020 vote has become the price of admission in most Republican primaries. If they win in November, many of the candidates will hold positions with the power to interfere in the outcome of future votes. You see how this is spun? You see how it's going? That's how it's going. Uh, so a couple of things about the January 6th committee. Well, let me just tell you, in just a few minutes, we're going to go to, uh, I believe it's the D.C. jail, and talk to Jacob Lane, who is also one of the J6 prisoners. And remember, this is all about 
It's all about the vote of 2020. That's what this boils down to. Uh, people went to the to support President Trump at his rally, and then they walked to the Capitol uh, to further support, and also they knew the electors would be presented uh, because they were upset what they thought was voter fraud that happened in 2020. That that was the emphasis. And so then the effort has been to, again, make that a big lie. They keep repeating that to us. It's a big lie. It's irony, ironic to me. The more they say the big lie, the more evidence comes in that it was not exactly a big lie. And uh, when we do polling, even Democrats, uh, a significant percentage of them recognize something was not right in the 2020 presidential election. Something was a little off. And so we're learning all of this, and that's why 100 candidates have been elected so far in this primary, at least won their primaries, who actually believe the big lie. But still, uh, people, uh, groups like the Washington Post media outlets, they're so vested in it. You know, if you wonder why the media was so jacked up and excited about that uh, first hearing last Thursday night, it's because they have spent months now, 18, a year and a half, uh, telling you that this is a big lie and that that was an insurrection. Um, And President Trump pointed out the insurrection actually took place on Election Day of 2020. And I think he's right. I don't think there's anything uh, wrong about that. The January 6th committee was supposed to hold a hearing uh, yesterday, but they they canceled it, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, they, They canceled it. They didn't explain. Someone on the inside or someone closer to this issue is wondering if it's because there's a major dispute going on between Benny Thompson and Liz Cheney on referrals to the DOJ. Don't ask me to explain further because I can't. But evidently there's a big dispute and they're wondering if that's why the hearing was canceled. But uh, from um, Just the News, here's a great story. I could tell it quickly. The January 6th panel got caught spreading a whopper worthy of Russian collusion. It all boils down to blaming uh, Louder, Congressman Loudermilk. He took a tour. He brought a tour to D.C., and they were visiting the Capitol, and Liz Cheney and Benny Thompson accused the congressman of bringing them in to surveil the Capitol. It, because it was January 5th, in, in preparation for the assault or the insurrection on January 6th. And now we know, in fact, the new Capitol Police Chief, Thomas Manger, uh, says they've done an investigation. There's, no, they, there's nothing to that, nothing to that whatsoever. And so uh, Thomas Manger was appointed by Nancy Pelosi. It's very inconvenient that he should come out with this and say that is a load of you-know-what coming out of that committee. Loudermilk just had his constituents there for a regular tour. No truth to this. Okay, got to take a break. Sandy Rios in a minute. In a minute, okay. <laughs> Emmy was in a bad relationship when she found out she was pregnant. Her boyfriend told her to get an abortion, which she seriously considered. I knew that if I got an abortion, a part of me would be broken. Emmy went to a preborn center in need of guidance. They honestly were able to put every fear at ease and let me know that it was going to be okay. Because of them, he's here. I couldn't imagine my life without him. Preborn clinics introduce moms in crisis to their babies through ultrasound while providing hope, love, and the gospel in action. When an expectant mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears the heartbeat, she's 80% more likely to choose life for her baby. To find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life.
If you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills And it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. You can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes. Stand by for news and commentary next. Hey, this is Evangelist Nick Hall. Coming this summer, Together 22. 50 years ago, Explo 72, led by Billy Graham, rallied an entire generation to share the gospel. This summer, June 24th and 25th, we're doing it again. And it's free. Together 22 will feature some of the biggest names in Christian music, some of the best preachers coming to equip you. More information at Pulse.org. Your tax dollars are helping to fund Drag Queen Story Hour in New York City public schools. My apologies if you just spewed your iced tea. The New York Post reports the Department of Education provided more than $200,000 to bring drag queens into the classroom. The programs were created for children as young as three years old. Now, Drag Queen Story Hour is a national program that connects men who dress as women with small children. For several years, the programs were held exclusively in taxpayer-funded libraries, but now they've gained access to our classrooms. To make matters even worse, parents were not alerted their kids might be cavorting with men wearing feather boas. City Council Member Vicki Palladino says she plans to pull funding for any school in her district that welcomes the drag queens. Good for you, Ms. Palladino. Public schools are for teaching kids how to read and write, not how to choreograph ABBA's Dancing Queen. I'm Todd Starnes. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at sandy at AFR.net. That's sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. All right, Sandy Rios, back with you. If you listen, you know that we've been talking about January 6th since January 7th. Actually, before that, asking you to go. And then after that fateful day, that has been such a horrendous thing for people who actually just wanted to help, were concerned about their country, loved their country, and now are held and incarcerated in jails around the country. And let me just point out, Molly Hemingway said it very well. She said, A sense of fairness and due process is central to American freedom and independence. The January 6th committee has violated every aspect of due process, the presumption of innocence, and the impartial search for truth. They should be destroyed, not televised. Well, of course, and this is tied in to these guys that you see on these edited videos at the Capitol where they're supposedly showing that this was an insurrection, Uh, the guys that are not able to tell their stories, basically have a scarf over something stuffed in their mouth. They have no voice, no voice at that committee hearing and no voice to most of America. But on this show, we give them a voice because we, because we know 
God would want justice for these guys. Jacob Lane is uh, joining us this morning. Uh, he's incarcerated, I believe, in Alexandria, Virginia. Is that right, Jacob? Yes. Hey, how you doing today this morning, Sandy? God bless you. Yes, and the same right back to you, Jacob. Yeah, so you're in Alexandria. Uh, listen, I know that very well. What a, what a miserable situation. This beautiful, beautiful suburb of uh, northern Virginia, right across from the Potomac, and there you are, stuck in this horrendous situation. How long have you been uh, incarcerated, Jacob? I've been incarcerated uh, illegally by the Biden regime for 515 days, um, <sighs> held in solitary confinement, 22 hours a day, in a cell with no chair, um, nowhere to sit, just a, a two-inch mattress on a concrete slab and a toilet. You know, Jacob, I've heard a lot, you know, I've talked to guys in the D.C. jail, and I, uh, excuse me, I know a lot of the prison guards there are Nation of Islam, but I'm surprised in Alexandria that you don't have uh, a, at least some that are not. Do you find the same thing in Alexandria? Are these guys as, uh, I guess, cruel, I would say, as the ones in the D.C. jail? Um, I mean, even in D.C. jail in here, uh, there's good guards and bad guards. I have brothers in Christ in both um, places, and I've also had guards here refuse to give me food, um, you know, get, make make my lights stay on 24-7 in my room so I'm sleep-deprived. And, um, you know, there's, there's good and bad wherever you go, but in D.C. jail was especially peculiar because it was a lot of African nationals and, you know, we're a bunch of red-blooded American patriots being held illegally, and our guards are not even from this country. And it was kind of a surreal situation. felt like Twilight Zone. Yeah, I, yeah. I think for all of us that are paying attention, it's a lot like Twilight Zone. I want to get in as much as we can because you know they're going to cut us off. Uh, um, if you could, Jacob, describe your life to me before January the 6th of 2020. What were you doing, and where were you? Um, my, my testimony to Christ is, uh, amazingly powerful. I came from, uh, kind of, um, a social life in New York City, a lot of, uh, events and clubs and stuff like that. And then, um, a year before January 6th happened, I started my walk with God, um, slowly, but surely coming over to, uh, my faith and, uh, cleaning up my life and, you know, the month before January 6th, I was in my church three times a week, volunteering, um, I was baptized two months before January 6th. I started up a social media company called LibertyCentric.com that um, is a free speech social media platform similar to Parler. And, um, you know, my life was going in an amazing direction. I started getting everything together. And uh, then I showed up January 6th to stand up for my country, to support our president, um, to be a patriot. And uh, then my life was derailed yet again by uh, Joe Biden's regime here in uh, the political prisons in America. Jacob, could I say something personal quickly? I don't want to take up your story sure. time. Um, let me just say, because I know this, uh, when I was young, I had, it's complicated, but I came to a point of just complete and total surrender when I was about 22, and um, I, I would have done anything. I would have gone anywhere. I was just so filled with the Spirit and so excited and wanted whatever God had for me wherever and uh, what happened was I gave birth to a very seriously disabled child. That's what happened. And uh, for the next 20 years, I cared for her, and she had terrible medical problems. I tell you that because it's similar. And I tell you that because I want you to know that God does not waste this stuff. 
It does not waste it. He has something in mind for you. It wasn't what you had in mind, but he's got his hand on you, Jacob. So don't think that this is like a derailment, that this is actually God at work. I know that's a horrible thing to say, but he puts you in the crucible so that he can make something really powerful and strong out of you, shaking away all the dross. And so you just, I'm probably you already know that, but I want to encourage you that that is actually true. All right, so somehow you managed to make a video, a, a, a documentary called The Truth About January 6th. Is that right? Yes. Um, thank you for uh, for watching. I, uh, I've i been hearing great things. I've, I'm the only one who hasn't seen it yet because I'm in solitary confinement. Oh. <laughs> oh, well, it's really good. Let me just tell you, it's really good, Jacob. Great job. And it's you can see it, by the way, those of you listening, at stophate.com slash J6. You can get... All the information about these guys uh, that you need and everything else at stophate.com slash J6. The video is called The Truth About January 6th. Now, Jacob, um, I want to go to this because I have discussed Roseanne Boylan a lot. Uh, I've discussed, oh gosh, uh, Philip Anderson way, way back when I first saw him get beaten uh, by Antifa in Los Angeles before January 6th ever happened. So you were in the tunnel then, that East Tunnel, is that right? Yeah, the um, the West Terrace Tunnel entrance actually, West. and um, okay. yes, and uh, right. the uh, the situation was absolutely um, oh, it was such a just a degradation of police conduct. I mean, you never expect your police officers, especially Capitol Police, to act like this in America, beating unarmed American citizens to death. Um, you know, like I, w- I witnessed Roseanne Boylan die in my arms. I mean, I was trying to dislodge her from the this dog pile that the police started by pummeling people over on top of her and, and spraying us with chemicals and um, just being, I mean, heartless. And um, it was it was really just a, such a crazy situation that after you watch it now on the videos and stuff like that, you're like, wow, I can't believe I was in the middle of that. But I was, and um, I was able to uh, to save Philip Anderson's life uh, on video. And uh, he's an amazing patriot. He's a great man. But Yes. Um, it still haunts me to this day that Roseanne, I wasn't able to save Roseanne. I know, I know. It's terrible. It's unbelievable. It's so, listen, I feel that way watching you guys, that I can't help you more. You, it, it, tor- it really bothers me. But uh, let me just say, let me ask you, from the videos I've seen, and I've seen most of them, probably a lot of them, that's, for, well, the ones that are produced about J6, not all the other that uh, uh, feed that's available, but... Uh, did they encourage you guys to go into that tunnel? Was there, like we talk about Ray Epps, people know about this because I've talked about it. There were insiders. We believe FBI, other kinds of special operations people, and we don't know who the rest of them are. They may have been Antifa, we don't know. But they were inciting people to come into the Capitol and well, bullhorns. And But for the West Terrace Tunnel, were you guys invited in? I mean, how did it happen that you would, that, that all that log jam took place? I mean, look, Sandy, I'm more of a hard-nosed patriot. I believe more in the pissed-off patriot um, aspect of January 6th, that the American people were standing up against tyranny, and um, we have every right to uh, to stand against tyranny. And we had we came with no weapons. We were just there peacefully protesting. We were ambushed by the police. But um, it, for the West Terrace Tunnel, um, just a bunch of people kind of following the natural flow of the crowd there, um, curious to get inside the building to have our voices heard um and so we all started just kind of dwaddling in there and it became like a lobster trap and the police had a couple hundred um fully riot formed riot shielded up 
officers with helmets, elbow pads, chest pads. I mean, everything, you know, they were 100% protected with metal batons in their hands and pepper spray. And um, we had a swell of patriots enter that, that tunnel. And the people in the back of the swell were uh, making it impossible pe- for the people in the front of the swell to turn around and leave. And I was caught right in the front of the swell from 2.30 p.m. Um, when we first entered the tunnel. And um, the, the, the police were just beating the people who were in the very front mercilessly. And uh, it turned into a squabble inside there that we were basically fighting to defend our lives. And, um, you know, there's so much video footage from inside that tunnel of uh, people scurrying for their lives and being pepper sprayed in the eyes and bashing the top of their head with their backs turned to the police by metal batons. I mean, that's a death blow. That is a, that's assault with a deadly weapon on an unarmed citizen. And uh, none of those police have received any, uh, you know, misconduct or, you know, any kind of um, punishment, nothing. It's a completely one-sided justice system. And, uh, you know, we were the unarmed American patriots there, citizens standing up for free and fair elections. And uh, we had a bunch of uh, robocops, like uh, Nancy Pelosi likes to say, or um, stormtroopers, like Julie Kelly calls them, um, beat us to death. Yes, well, uh, we have video of that. And for, for people that maybe don't remember, Roseanne Boylan was just a single gal, 34 years old, dressed funny, you know, not you know, not exactly like this hip chick, uh, just there wanting to come. She came on, I think she came with her mother, if I recall. She's wandering through this tunnel, and she's with uh, Philip Anderson. At least they're together, kind of adjacent yeah. to one another. And you can hear on one of the videos someone saying, she's dying, she's dying. And this female policeman even though Roseanne was down and seemingly unconscious, begins to beat her. Can you just describe that? Yeah, if, if people want to see that, um, I actually have a website where this whole entire um, documentary is based off of. It's j6truth.org. And if you want to see what we're talking about, um, Roseanne Boylan's tragic death by the hands of the Capitol Police, go to j6truth.org. And so you'll see there in that situation, um, Roseanne, she is a kind-hearted, a pure soul type of, person not like you know ostensibly dressed or anything like that and um she's just there to really just be a patriot and support her country and so she's in that tunnel and um you know from all reports from philip anderson um they started spraying some kind of like a capsum gas or spray or something that kind of stuck the air right out of your lungs and it made um that right there in the tunnel a bunch of people collapsed and the cops were doing like this reverse stampede kind of um move that they were like all marching in unison, pushing and prodding people and bashing people with the um, batons and created a reverse stampede backwards down the set of steps, and it turned into a dire situation. Um, There were two, three, four bodies stacked on top of each other, people swimming through bodies to try to get um, away from the Capitol Police blows and the chemical weapons they were using against us. And um, I noticed that the situation was absolutely dire, that there was people in that, that voice is probably actually me screaming and uh, you'll see in the video me waving my hands like I'm trying to land an airplane begging the Capitol Police to stop stop for a little bit so we can pick up all these bodies that are stacked on top of each other there's people getting trampled and um, she got caught unfortunately at the bottom of the stampede and uh, I, I made it to her right around 421 in the afternoon I'm yanking on her I'm yanking on her she got, she has like two or three bodies on top of her, and I pulled off a body on top of her, and then the police prod another person, pummel another person over on top of her. And from the police body camera angle footage, you can tell that they could, I mean, they obviously knew that this is, 
detrimental to human life and, and a possibly deadly situation that was deadly, um, them bashing people over the top of their heads and pushing them over on top of each other so that they're stacked three deep um, is a deadly situation. And, uh, you know, so she's stuck at the bottom of this dog pile, and I see her turning, you know, purple and blue and, and stark white, and um, the life just left her body. As she's in my arms, I had half of her body in my arms trying to pull her and pull her and dislodge her from this um, dog pile, and I just couldn't couldn't muster it, and it haunts me even right now yeah. as I'm saying, and I see her, yeah. her, her, her purple lips, and um, God, may God rest her soul, and uh, she died right then and there by the hands of the Capitol Police, and she, yeah. her memory should be a blessing. She is a new American symbol for what freedom is. Freedom isn't free. Um, always have to stand up for liberty in this country, even in the face of evil. And um, she made the ultimate sacrifice defending her country. And well, and, and, and I just have to forever. have to make the point, Jacob, that no one uh, on that J6 committee will utter her name or the name of Ashley Babbitt, uh, but they continue to repeat that yeah, five no police officers were killed, which is a complete and total lie. And l- let me just, before we get cut off here, the Jacob's video then is found at J6 Truth. Dot org j6truth.org it's called the truth about january 6th is it about 30 minutes or something like that jacob yes um we have i have the best team i've been so blessed by god of all the patriots that have come together and sending videos and unearthing videos i mean just two days before we were going to launch on memorial day we had a massive unearthing of this 4k professional video footage from um a videographer who was literally standing right behind me and roseanne during this deadly situation and so um we were able to get all this new video footage added to the documentary and different angles and perspectives and um we've had just a really great team come together on this and uh, i couldn't be happier with the people that god has surrounded me with uh, fellow january 6th brave patriots that i've come to know and love from i mean a year and, and uh five plus months yeah, now terrible. living together um some amazing people i mean just the just the salt of the earth and family Jake. men and entrepreneurs and just great people. They need our support. We, we yeah. need to stand up and defend these people's honor because the uh, American media is trying to turn us into <laughs> the domestic terrorist, white supremacist nonsense. I mean, they can't stop lying. If, uh, if they didn't have double standards, they'd have no standards at all. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Chris Plantish. That's not, you sound very Chris Plantish. Well, anyway, uh, yeah. Jacob, um, before again, uh, what can we what can we do? How can we pray for you? Um, I'd like to uplift the audience with a prayer right now. Um, okay, and, great. Uh, and of course, the prayers from the audience are are well received. So, Father God, Lord, we come before your feet today, God, your throne of grace. We ask for your divine mercy to just pour out from heaven on all the political prisoners in this country, Lord, the persecuted patriots of January 6th and their families that have suffered at the hands of the radicalized DOJ and FBI. Father, may you grant your perfect justice for these families. May they receive your mercy, God. May the hearts of the prosecutors and the judges and the juries in Washington, D.C., may they be turned to see favor in our hearts, Lord. They, They may see our true character and know that we were a bunch of people that were assembled in love that day to try to defend what is good and what is righteous in this world and the rights that you've given us, Father. 
we're so grateful for them. We're grateful for every day that we have on this earth to shine your light, to shine the light of Christ, to be more like Christ every day, to go through the crucible, to perfect our faith through trials and tribulations, God. We thank you for the trials and tribulations you give us, that we can show our faith to be tried and true, God. Uh, it's an amazing experience to be in your grace and to be tested, and uh, we hope that every day we have the strength to get through, that you give us that strength, Lord, and you pour that same strength out on the American people to strengthen our resolve, to firm up our convictions, to gird us up, and to be walking in your presence every day, God, and to bring this country back to a state of liberty and a state of freedom. It's in Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. 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 Jacob, a verse uh, for you today, and that is that eye has not seen and ear has not heard what God has prepared for those who love him. You have not, you have no idea what God has in mind for you. You have no idea. So uh, you have encouraged us, and I just want to encourage you back. Are you guys able to have any kind of uh, worship service or Bible study where you are in Alexandria? God is always moving. I've actually... I was. This is my eighth facility I've been at, Sandy. They're moving me around, especially because I'm so vocal and I'm, you know, well organized with our frontal um, push for the truth. I mean, we're not going to let them railroad us um, with these lies. That's why we made the the Truth About January 6th documentary. And um, God's also on the frontal assault um, in spiritual warfare all across this country. I've seen such an outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the American people, especially from these times of trials and tribulations that this tyrannical regime has brought on this country, the body of Christ just takes that like a, like an eagle does with wind resistance and just raises higher and soars stronger. And I've also seen that in my personal life throughout this entire time in prison. Um, every day I've been able to just manifest such a, <laughs> a rock-solid base in Christ, and, and He's given me so much. Um, he's made my life just an absolute joy throughout this tribulation and um, I actually was had the opportunity in uh, Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, Federal Penitentiary. I was there from February to April to start um, a Bible study slash church group uh, amongst, I mean, the least of these 80 people from all walks of life. We had between 10 and 20 people meeting every night at 6 p.m., and there was no Bible study or no church service, no chaplain because of COVID, no worship service available to the inmates, um, the federal detainees waiting trial. And so God put me there and uh, raised up a church in the middle of a, a, of a prison. And we were praying in the Spirit, and we worshiped, and we read the Bible every day together. And um, right now, currently where I'm at, I study the Bible through the wall in solitary confinement. Um, that was the only place, Lewisburg, because it's PA, Trump country up there, it was the only place in America um, that I haven't been locked in solitary confinement. Here in Alexandria, Virginia, I'm in solitary 22 hours a day. But we do Bible study and worship through the walls, me and a couple brothers in Christ. And um, God can smash the prison walls, and His Spirit is unlimited, and His power is just awesome. <laughs> and it can reach anywhere, any corner of the earth. Absolutely. Amen, amen. Okay, Jacob, since I have you longer than I thought, i just ask you a couple more questions. Because I saw a video sure. just uh, recently uh, about, uh, you know, we always wondered about who was breaking the windows. That never made sense to me. I just couldn't imagine Trump supporters wanting to break anything in the Capitol because we respect 
you know, our historical buildings. We do. We respect the police. And so I saw a video uh, that you may have seen of a videographer from Sheboygan, Wisconsin, who caught a guy breaking out the window who didn't, who said it was dressed strangely. And then another guy uh, came up and tried to encourage the videographer to go through the window. And he said to him, you know, I kind of think that's not legal. Anyway, then he saw the suspicious guy, uh, a young Trump supporter came to try to stop him from breaking that window. And the suspicious guy turned on the young Trump supporter and started accusing him of breaking the window. So I say all that to say there were strange people there. Did you see anybody that made you think, and we all thought Antifa would show up, but we know it's as though they never did. I don't believe that, but I wonder what you think about who you saw in that crowd. I I like to have the same burden of proof that the government is trying for a trial that the government's trying to, you know, allege me of all these different uh, crimes. And so I really tried to err on the side of I need to be overwhelmingly convinced that there was FBI bad actors there or Antifa bad actors there, especially because of the situation I'm in. I've been arrested since January 16th. Um, I haven't been able to review all the video footage you guys have. I've been, my discovery, the video evidence against me has been held from me for these last uh, 17 plus months. And, um, so my personal opinion that I've had from day one to now is that there was patriotic fervor and uh, the American people drew a line in the sand and said, we're standing up and this is exactly what we're made of and we're a bunch of pissed off patriots. And you won't hear that from many people, but I'm pretty blunt in uh, most of my in my talk. And I do believe that um, January 6th was like a founding father's level event of um, patriots that are just drawing the line in the sand and saying, this is, you know, where we where we hold our line and, and where we stand up for our constitutional rights. And um, that's my Would personal you? opinion. Now, mm-hmm. when I'm proven otherwise, when I see other video and, and there's uh, FBI agents that are exposed or Antifa bad actors that are exposed and we can actually put names to faces in those videos and um, unearth text messages or whatever pre-planned stuff, then, of course, my opinion will change. But until then, I believe it was a bunch of pissed off patriots that did the right thing that day set up for our country. Yeah, well, I think uh, I think you're right. I don't disagree with that at all. I don't disagree with that at all, except I think uh, both can be true. But you're right to be cautious about, um, about who's true. there and who isn't. Yeah. So, all right, Jacob, well, I'm, I'm going to run out of showtime if I don't say goodbye to you, but I would love to talk to you more. And listen, we will be praying for you. And if there's anything that we can do, you let me know. I want people to remember, again, j6truth.org is where this video is and all the information that Jacob is gathering that he's told you about. And uh, the video is called The Truth about January 6th, and it's really good. It's certainly well. It only, only takes 30 minutes, so it's a, uh, it's a well worth your time. Jacob, God bless you and keep you, and I personally will be looking forward to seeing the great things that God has in store for you. The great things Amen. he has in store for you. Thank so, you for your platform, Sandy. Yeah. Thank you for all the prayers of the audience. Uh, we're going to win this thing. Don't, don't ever fall into despair. You know, we hope for things we don't see, and that's called faith. And we walk by faith, not by sight. We're going to win this thing, and America's going to come back. Well, we'll see about that. But if he doesn't come back, Jesus certainly is. <laughs> if America doesn't come Amen. back, Jesus certainly will. <laughs> okay, Jacob, thank you so much. Jacob Lane from God Alexandria. You. Thank you. Same back to you, Jacob. Thank you. All right, well, we have to take a break here uh, because, uh, well, yes, just go ahead and run the music there. Um, Amazingly, I guess it's not the same system that we've had before. 
where they come in and, and interrupt us. So that's kind of delightful. We got more time than we expected. Well, we'll be back in just a second because I have a few more things to add about J6, more revelations uh, today. And so stay tuned because you know you might not hear this just anywhere because, you know, Jake Tapper might not report it and Fox News might not report it either unless maybe Tucker might do that. He should interview Jacob Blaine. Anyway, got to take a break. Talk to you in a minute. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. You've got Christians who love Jesus and they have kids and they're just like, I just don't know what my calling is. Right. Will and Mickey Addison. What is it that Jesus wants me to do? I feel like I'm a teacher. And that's why why when you (laughs) go to the scripture and talk about equipping the saints for work of ministry, you should look inside first. It can mean right, you know, at your address. Marriage, family, and the church. That's the focus of airing the Addisons. Weekday afternoons at 2 Central on American Family Radio. So they asked me to enter my email address, and the next thing I know, I start getting emails from companies I never even knew existed. What's up with that? Here at the American Family Association, you have our word that we won't give away, sell, or lease your email address to any other organization or company. We're thankful when you take the time to subscribe to AFA Action Alerts, One Million Moms, Engage Magazine, or any of our other online newsletters. Then David said to Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not tested them. So David put them off. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. As David prepared to face Goliath, Saul tried to outfit David with Saul's personal armor. But David didn't have Saul's armor when he faced the lion or the bear. And David recognized that he didn't need the armor to slay Goliath. Today, many Christians yield to the temptation to be hipper, cooler, even a little fuzzy on the clear teachings of Scripture in order to face the Goliaths of our day. But Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. We don't need a cool light show to be effective ambassadors for Christ. All we need is to offer what we have freely received. We know the transforming power of Christ because he has transformed us. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III public policy analyst for the American Family Association. There's a culture war raging in America, and like it or not, we're in the battle. Sandy Rios, host of Sandy Rios in the Morning. For 40-plus years, American Family Association has been fighting for biblical values in America. We've been here to shine the light of Christ into a dark world and to stand against the evil of the day. And by God's grace, we're making a difference. One vital way that you can join forces with us is through a charitable gift annuity with the AFA Foundation. The charitable gift annuity will benefit you and help ensure AFA is in the fight for years to come. You can learn more about charitable annuities and other financial products at afafoundation.net or call 800-326-4543, extension 345. That's 800-326-4543, extension 345. The AFA Foundation, the Financial Stewardship Division of the American Family Association. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. On Monday, Communist China ratcheted up yet again its territorial claims to the waters, airspace, and resources of the Western Pacific. 
Beijing declared that it has, quote, sovereignty, sovereign rights, and jurisdiction over the Taiwan Strait, unquote, the 90-mile-wide stretch that separates Taiwan's island from the Chinese mainland. The United States and Taiwanese government have properly rejected this assertion, affirming that the strait is instead an international waterway and declaring an intention to continue to exercise freedom of navigation there. Unfortunately, in the Taiwan Strait, as elsewhere, the Chinese Communist Party is inexorably creating facts on the ground, or at sea, that will enable the People's Liberation Army not just to enforce its requirements for permission to transit or otherwise utilize contested areas. They are preparing for war. We must, therefore, be about deterring and, if necessary, defeating the future aggression being telegraphed. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. You know, it's funny because uh, this whole J6 committee is, again, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the genesis of this is supposedly the big lie. The fact that President Trump told a big lie about there being voter fraud in 2020, when exactly there was none. There was absolutely none. And we're also told that, told that objecting to the electors or having a dispute over the electors is just the, the stuff of insurrection. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting. Jamie Raskin, you know, he's a big part of the committee right now. Uh, he voted in 2016, that was the election of the initial election of President Trump. He voted against, 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 Jamie Raskin voted against certifying the electoral votes of states Trump won by as much as 20 points. So that was Jamie Raskin. It was okay with him to contest the electoral uh, college, but uh, so then... There's someone else, uh, Joey, Zoe Lofgren, who was took the leading role in the committee hearing on Monday, and she focused on President Trump's claims of voter fraud in the 2020 election, and uh, talked. But she now, we looking back on this, someone has discovered Christina Wong is the one who wrote this article that she once questioned the integrity of voting machines in the 2004 presidential election. She signed a lengthy 15-page letter to Ohio's. Secretary of State in December of 2004 that detailed allegations of voter irregularities, including that election machines were switching votes from Democrat nominee John Kerry to then-President George W. Bush. And so it says more, but that's Zoe Lofgren. So, gee, I just wonder if, I wonder if they were trying to start an insurrection or if they were, you know, telling a big lie on, in those years, Zoe Lofgren and uh, Jamie Raskin. You know, one would never know it. And that takes me to Bill Barr, who is becoming such a disappointment. I'm going to tell you why. So stay with me here. In his testimony, this is what he said. This is what they aired last Thursday night. He said, I made it clear I did not agree with the idea of saying the election was stolen and putting out this stuff, which I told the president was bull, you know, what, BS. Um, and you know, I don't want to be part of it. And that's one of the reasons that I went into, that went into me deciding to leave when I did. So righteously, he decided he better leave because of this, uh, how could President Trump believe such a thing? And so he went on, he said, I was somewhat demoralized because I thought, boy, if he really believes this stuff, he has lost contact with, he's, he's become detached from reality if he really believes this stuff. And on the other hand, you know, when I went into this and you would, and you know, tell him how crazy some of these allegations were there was never an indication of interest in what the actual facts were, says Bill Barr, testifying before the J6 committee. 
He also went on to talk about, um, he talked about more recent debunked claims of voter fraud, like Dinesh D'Souza's conspiracy theory movie, 2000 Mules, which elicited a hearty laugh from Barr. And he said, when I walked in, sat down, he went off this President Trump on a monologue saying that there was now definitive evidence involving fraud through the Dominion machines and a report had been prepared by a very reputable cybersecurity firm and held up the report. And he asked that a copy of it be made for me. And while a copy was being made, he said, this is absolute proof that the Dominion machines were rigged. The report means that I'm going to have a second term, Barr recalled Trump saying. And then he gave me a copy of the report. And as he talked more and more about it, I sat there flipping through the report and looking through it. And to be frank, it looked very amateurish, I shall say. I shall. I shall. That doesn't make sense. Very amateurish, I shall to me. And I was somewhat demoralized because I thought if he really believes this stuff, he's become detached from reality if he really believes this stuff. On the other hand, when I went on into, into this, and would you know, tell him how crazy some of these allegations were, there was never an indication of interest in what the actual facts were, in my opinion. And in my opinion now is that the election was not stolen by fraud. And I haven't seen anything since the election that changes my mind on that, including the 2000 Mules movie. Barr added, laughing heartily at how ludicrous the film is. That's Bill Barr. But now we've uh, learned a few things. There's a flashback here from Gateway Pundit. We find out that Attorney General Barr, does anybody remember this truck driver, Jesse Morgan? Uh, He was on television because he was a U.S. Postal Service driver. And he talks about how he ended up hauling tens of thousands of ballots from New York to Pennsylvania before the 2020 election. Remember he said he'd done time in prison, but now he was married and had a little child and he was afraid to come forward, but he felt that he had to? Well, it turns out that uh, former U.S. Attorney Bill Barr ordered the U.S. Attorney in eastern Pennsylvania to stop investigating 2020 election issues in the state and turn any any issues over to Democratic Pennsylvania Attorney General. And that included reports of approximately 288,000 ballots entering Pennsylvania on a semi-trailer from New York. And there's the affidavit here. It's really fascinating. I wish I had time to read it to you. Uh, So um, who was not paying attention? Who didn't care about what the real truth was? It was the Attorney General of the United States who arguably did more damage to this story than any other single person. Sandy Rios in the morning of our talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.